Hey y'all, welcome back to the Tri Podcast. Today is going to be so powerful. I have my friend Olivia here, and just to clarify so y'all aren't confused, this is a second Olivia that's walking within my tribe. So not the one that you heard talk in the previous episode about boundaries. The Olivia here with me today just graduated high school and is getting ready to start college at The Ohio State University. Y'all, her love for the Lord and the way that she is living her life and serving others at such a young age is so powerful. Today's episode is called The Ripple Effect, and we're going to talk about the power of having a tribe with two types of friends. Friends that are a little further along in their faith journey, and then friends that God calls us to reach back for. We're going to talk about how the ripple effect, once it started, continues to work its way through relationships. Just to give y'all a little context, before I even had the opportunity to get to know Olivia on a personal level, I heard of her greatness from others. So many of my friends were already doing life with her. She is on the worship team at our church, so I have watched her use her voice to create an environment for others to experience the Lord through worship. She is just a light in this world, and she has a story to tell, so let's jump into it. Olivia, welcome to the show. I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Okay, so the definition of the ripple effect is the continuing and spreading results of an action or an event. Basically, one person makes a decision and that decision causes a ripple that touches the life of someone else. And then that ripple impacts the trajectory of someone else's life and so on. I want y'all to hear from Olivia about her life leading up to this point. Olivia, take it away, girlfriend. (laughs) Okay, well... I am really excited to be here. Um, my story is kind of interesting. I grew up in, a, I call it a lukewarm household, I think is what people say. My mom was Christian, but I basically just grew up watching her read the Bible, and I would go to VBS sometimes, things like that. Vacation Bible school. That's what I find <laughs> that is. Um, I, I didn't really have a Christian foundation. I just had a Christian surrounding is what I like to say. Um, in terms of my family life, it was mostly just me, my mom, and my grandma. My dad was in and out for a while. He was an alcoholic and for sometimes he was a recovering alcoholic. It was just back and forth most of my childhood until I was around four. My mom and dad um, actually ended up splitting up and they went their separate ways. I obviously stayed with my mom and um For the next four or five years, he was kind of in and out, occasional phone calls and meetups, stuff like that. And my mom was working three jobs just to keep us afloat, Mm. which was really difficult. Um, So that was like the first eight years of my life. My foundation with the Lord was basically non-existent, and we were a struggling um, low-income family, and my mom was a single mom. So it was really difficult to watch us all struggle that way. And then when I was eight, we hadn't heard from my dad in a while. And he, we knew he was sick because um, he had been an alcoholic my whole life. And we got a call that he was really sick and it was getting pretty serious. And he spent the next couple months in the hospital and actually ended up passing away in January of 2014, which was the most, I've lost a lot of people in my life, but that was definitely the most impactful loss. Um, It just shook my foundation, everything that I knew, everything I did know about the Lord and um, 
that I had seen from my mom and from my family was just completely dissolved. Um, I felt like I was starting from square one. I was only eight years old, but still, um, it was a major setback in my life. I was also struggling with um, horrible anxiety. It was hereditary. I got it from my dad, um, which is similar to Rachel's story. Yes. Um, I did. So I got my anxiety from my dad's side of the family. I have an older sister and brother on that side too. They both have it really horribly. So it was just kind of something we all struggled with together. And when we lost my dad, it kind of tore us apart. Um, so two years after that, I was in fifth grade, which is crazy to think about. I was just a baby. But um, I was being bullied pretty horribly. My mom was my only lifeline at that point because I had lost so many people. We had lost um, lots of men in the family, her dad, my grandma's dad. So we just, I grew up surrounded in death and disease and addiction, and it was horrible. Um, And in those next two years when I was being bullied and my mom was really there for me. So I don't thank her enough for that, but she was great in that time. Um, so she did end up working three jobs for that next two years after my dad passed just to keep us going. Um, cause we didn't have that child support anymore. And we did end up losing our house, which was horrible. It had a lot of, um, mold issues, I guess. So that's not really important, but that's why we ended up losing the house and, um, the state took it, cleaned it out and sold it to a new family. Um, that family had a little boy who was in my grade at my elementary school. And we actually ended up bonding and connecting over him being in my childhood home. Mm. Um, he was one of my best friends. I had a really hard time making friends at that point and just ever. (laughs) So, um, we really bonded over just that common ground. Um, him and my mom were really what kept me going that whole year through the bullying. They were my only line of defense and a few other friends that I had had my whole life. Um, and he actually struggled with mental health, which I had no idea at all at the time what that even meant. I was, again, I was only nine, 10 years old. So I had no idea what that entailed, especially for a little kid. And um, he ended up committing suicide right before um, we, I don't know, graduated fifth grade. Mm. That was in May of 2016, which was a horrible, shocking surprise. Um, And I bring those things up not to trauma dump or anything like that, but just to really make it known that I was surrounded by just a horrible foundation. My mom was the only thing I had. Um, Just... Anxiety, death, disease, addiction was my foundation, and it was not at all God or his faithfulness. And that kind of, where I'll leave that up until um, my journey with when I found Cyprus was, I was in a state of, if God was real, he wouldn't have let any of that happen to me. Mm. Um, And that's kind of it until I got here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I want to pause and recognize that this is just the first 18 years of Olivia's life. This girl hasn't even started college and she has walked deep in the trenches of heartbreak. But what I love about her is that while she's experienced loss and pain and despair, you would never know that by being around her because she is a light that is shining so bright for Jesus that that's the only thing that you see and you feel when you're with her. Olivia, talk about 
moving forward now in your life. So talk about how you got started attending Cyprus. Yeah. So, um, when I skip a couple years, um, I was struggling with anxiety. I still do now, but it was, um, more of a hopeless battle then than it is now for most of my middle school years after I got out of, um, elementary school. Once I got into eighth grade, I actually made a really close friend and I had such a hard time making friends. Um, so having her was a pretty big deal in my life. Um, I had horrible separation anxiety too, which kind of falls into that um, zone, but I didn't leave my mom ever. We went everywhere together. Um, I didn't have sleepovers at other people's houses, which is a huge thing when you're in middle school and high school, you wanna have a sleepover, a slumber party. Um, I did not do that. And she was kind of the first person I ever did that with. So I'm super thankful for that relationship because I wouldn't be where I am without that today. Um, but she was actually who invited me to Cyprus for the first time. We came to the student ministry. It was amazing. I was so touched when I got there. I had no idea why. We were with a bunch of other people who at the time had no interest in being there. And I thought that I didn't either until like something kept drawing me back. They would sing worship songs and I would add them to like my secular playlist mm. because I didn't listen to worship music. That broke my mom's heart, but I would come back adding these worship songs to my secular playlists and looking back, like, wow, God was really moving in my life and I had no idea. I just yeah. liked how the music sound. I've always been involved in music. Um, my dad was a DJ. That's kind of how he made a living. And he was also a singer, songwriter-ish. That's what he used to call himself. But um, <laughs> So we, I grew up admiring that about him. Mm. And so when I came to Cyprus and I saw the worship there, I really connected with it. And um, I started making friends. And yeah, that's kind of how I found Cyprus. I just kept coming back for... A couple years after that. It's mm. so good. <laughs> so this is basically the beginning of the ripple effect. It's the power of the invitation. And I think a lot of times what can happen is we forget how much power we have in just simply inviting somebody to join us at church. Mm -hmm. We don't do it with expectations or with an outcome in mind. We do it because Jesus has done mm -hmm. a work in our own lives and we just can't keep quiet about it. By this friend going before Olivia and choosing to reach back and invite her to be a part of something bigger, Olivia was able to get plugged into our church. And this is how we begin to find and build our tribe. And it's how we experience freedom. In fact, many of my lifelong friends have been made within the church walls or in my small group. Olivia, talk about how you got plugged into the worship team. This is actually one of my favorite parts of your story. <laughs> okay. Well, um, before there's a whole... I'll share about this a little bit later, but um, I actually did go to a church camp that we have, NTS, um, I think the summer before I got plugged in with the worship team, and that's kind of where I committed my life to Christ. Um, after that, it was a boulder rolling down the hill. I got baptized, and I, funny enough, I actually started in kids' ministry. I was there from, I think, January of 2022 until, I still do it sometimes now, but... Um, in February of 2022, after I got back from NTS and I was baptized and already plugged in, Rachel Wolf, she's a miracle. She somehow heard <laughs> that um, I could sing. I don't know who she heard that from, but she found out 
and after the first day that that woman found out I was even remotely musically inclined, she was on me about getting these audition videos in that we, that's kind of the process we do at Cyprus is you submit a video of you singing, which was a nightmare to me. I couldn't <laughs> imagine doing that. Um, but she was on me about it. She said, get your videos in. If you can sing and you want to do this, do it. I'm like, Okay. Um, it probably took me two months to work up the courage to actually record those videos um, and send them to her. At first, she wanted me to, like, submit them on YouTube. I was like, nope, you're going to get a text message because <laughs> that's not seeing the world. Um, but, yeah, I just I hated the idea of singing in front of other people. I didn't really know what it meant to sing about God, especially coming from me. I could sit and watch other people worship, but... I had no idea what a responsibility and privilege it was to worship in front of other people and um, use a gift that I barely even knew I had. Yeah. Um, but Rachel dragged me kicking and screaming onto the platform at students. Um, I secretly wanted to, but I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't tell her. She had to pull it out of me. Um, it's funny, too, because at the time when I when I was getting plugged in in the process of getting plugged in, I actually wanted to be a journalist and move to Chicago. Who was I? Yeah, I here you are. <laughs> right. Um, and it's funny too, because Rachel says that she's like, I used to want to do that too, before I found out I loved the Lord this way. And I'm like, yeah, that's usually how it goes. Um, but yeah, so after I submitted those videos, she put me straight on the platform at students and I was just singing harmonies and kind of, Developing my confidence up there, mm -hmm. um, discovering who I was there and not on the other side, which was weird for me. Um, and before I knew it, I was leading worship with her on the student platform, and I loved it. I looked forward to it every month. Mm -hmm. um, I prepared for it. I just, I told all of my friends, I wanted all of them to come and see how cool this was, that I mean, at the time, I wanted them to see how cool it was that I was doing it. Now I'm like, come and worship with me. Yes. Um, Watch God move. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was all in February of 2022. And by July of that year, she moved me over to the platform at Big Church is what we call it. We moved over to adult worship. And I was terrified. I was the youngest person on the team. I was only 17 at the time. I should probably mention that. Um, and Alton Derby is also our broadcast campus. So on top of the, what seemed like hundreds of people sitting in the congregation, there were people watching online too. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. She's got the wrong person. Um, and everybody on the team is grown adults that are professionals and have been doing this for a long time. <clears throat> so... I was very nervous, but Rachel really guided me every step of the way and showed me that I do have a gift and I can do this. Um, and she trusted me so much that in September of that year, I was leading songs with her. Of course, I couldn't do it by myself yet. Um, in front of the congregation and using my gift for the greater good. I was just in shock the whole time. Mm, I love that. So this is the continuation of the ripple effect. The Rachel that she's talking about is the same Rachel who's walking within our tribe. And if you've been a faithful listener, you heard her talk about her own mental health journey in a previous episode of the podcast. Y'all don't miss this. 
had Rachel not paused to do the hard work in her own life, if she wouldn't have sought out a Christian counselor and met with her team of doctors, had her family and her tribe walking alongside her as she continued on her own healing journey, she would not have been in a position to reach back and invite Olivia to be a part of something bigger. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Like the full circle component of this is so powerful and I can't help but be amazed about how God is working. Even when we don't see it, he is working. It's in the little moments and the time where we're committed to doing the hard work in our own lives that creates opportunities for us to invite others into life-changing experiences for themselves. Speaking of life-changing experiences, and I know you hit on this a little bit, but Olivia, talk about your experience at NTS camp in 2021. Yeah, so um, this era in my life, 2021, was kind of when I was consistently going to youth group, but I wasn't, I'm going to be totally honest, I was going for a boy, which is so (laughs) embarrassing now, but I was coming back because there was a boy there that I liked, and all of my friends were there, so I wasn't really there for God is what I'm saying, I was there to um, be with other people, which Honestly, that's like you're saying, the ripple effect. Other people are there and setting a good example for me. Yeah. So I wanted to keep coming back. Um, But that summer, I kind of had a falling out with one of my close friends that kind of invited me to church. Um, It was nothing serious. We just were, I mean, when you're teenagers, you're going different ways. We were, what, 15 years old. Yeah. We're just parting ways. Um, That was just because I'm so anxious and had this separation anxiety, going to NTS seemed unimaginable well, I don't really have anyone to go with and can't bring my mom with me. So (laughs) sadly, (laughs) it's like, I don't really think that this is realistic for me. Um, but I really wanted to go and God kept, I see this now. I didn't see it then, but God kept placing opportunities for me Mm. to be able to go. We, I, we couldn't really afford it. And Cyprus paid for my trip in full. Like if you go, we will pay for you to go because we know that you can't get there yourself. And, like, I just have to do it. Mm. I have to just bite the bullet and go. And it doesn't seem like a big deal, but then that was like, I'm going to die. I can't do it. I can't be away from my mom for four days. Just like nothing. Now I live on my own. And I, <laughs> like, I can't believe I was like that, but I could not imagine doing that. But, um, I ended up finding some people to go with and they all told me this was going to be the best week of my life and I had to do it. And so I did it. I bit the bullet, hugged my mom goodbye, got on the bus, went to Indiana, and it was the best week of my life, at least at the time. Um, I had never experienced anything like that. The worship, um, connecting with Rachel, because this was all before I was on the worship team yet, um, just realizing that I want to be involved in the church. Um, And I think this is when I recently have been discovering this word. It's called Hineni. It's a Hebrew word in the Bible. And it just means, here I am, God, send Mm. me. And Ah! I know. (laughs) Then, I didn't really realize it then, but that was the first time I kind of felt that resonating with me. Like, I'm right here. Send me wherever you want me to go. I'll go to this stupid church camp (laughs) away from my mom if you want me to. I will do whatever you need me to do. Just send me. And that was really the first time that that, sat with me, even if I didn't know it then. Um, it's just crazy because then it, never in a million years would I have done that. I, I didn't even stay the night away from my mom or from my family, just everybody that I knew. And I went to a different state for a week. Yeah. 
um, with a bunch of strangers. I barely knew any of these people and I loved it. Um, so when we got back, I actually ended up um, committing my life to Christ there for the first time. I think it was on the last day. One of the last days. They call it cry night. Yes. <laughs> Noah's talked about it. Yeah. It's real. It happens. Um, <laughs> but I committed my life to Christ there. And Rachel was actually the first person I told. Um, she was my small group leader in high school in our youth group. So she was the first person I told. I was like, oh, I'm so happy I did this. Um, and that was really, I think that was kind of our first connection. And the first time I connected with her on a deeper level. Because she told me how proud she was of me. And mm. It was amazing. And when we got back, like I said, that boulder rolling down the hill, I, um, her name is Chrissy. She was our leader at the time. Um, she plugged me into the student leadership program and she asked me if I wanted to get baptized. I'm like, I think I do. And so I just was pouring into my faith and actually on Halloween of 2021, I was baptized at Cypress. So amazing. Wow. (laughs) You know, as the mom of a son who has attended this camp, I know the environment that's cultivated here. I have friends who are counselors at NTS. I have many high hopes of my two younger sons and all of my nieces attending this camp when they're old enough. It is so powerful the way that God moves when these young adults are together, worshiping and praising the one true king. Mm-hmm. And the rejoicing that happens in heaven when one person commits their life to Jesus, it literally gives me goosebumps. It's a life and a heart changed for Jesus. And I love that NTS Camp holds such a special place in Olivia's heart and her story. Olivia, talk a little bit more in detail about the way that Rachel has become your mentor and someone you look to as a role model in your tribe. Yeah. Um, I could talk for hours about Rachel Wolf. She's amazing but um I think she is the first person in my life who ever felt confidence in me before I even knew how to prove it to her that she should be able to trust me to lead people in worship Mm. which is crazy to say now but um I guess in terms of training my gift Rachel has literally taught me everything I know I was ground zero like nothing before I found Rachel and she really introduced my gift to me and she was like, girl, you can do this. And that changed my life. Just her confidence in me. Mm. It was unmatched. I had never felt anything like that before. Um, Also, I think something that's important to mention, she says this a lot about being a good leader. And I don't even think she realizes that she's talking about herself, (laughs) her kindness and patience I was always afraid of upsetting other people if I wasn't good enough or if I wasn't doing something right, especially in worship and music. It's very difficult because when somebody is correcting you, as a vocalist at least, they're they're correcting your instrument is you. Yes. So they're correcting literally a part of your body, and it is so difficult to accept that correction. And Rachel's kindness and patience in doing that, um, I would never be where I am today without the way that she um, molded me so calmly and she really was great at it. Um, Worshiping on the platform, I guess, because of Rachel saved me in so many ways. And I say too because of Rachel and it is, but it's also because of where God placed Rachel in my life and listening to her story, especially if you listen um, on the episode that she did, how far she came Mm -hmm. to now be able to pour into me this way. Because I feel like such a product of her 
it's it's incredible to hear. Um, but yeah, worshiping on the platform was one of the scariest things that I've ever willingly done. Yes. <laughs> um, but once I was up there with Rachel and other people like um, Olivia, the other Olivia, <laughs> we were all together, and it. I wanted to do it every single weekend, even though in the beginning I didn't really know why I was doing it. Um, it's easy to focus on correcting yourself and making mm. sure you're sounding right instead of placing your heart in the right place, mm. which I wasn't, my heart wasn't in a bad place. I've never been a bad kid or troubled, but, um, it definitely for a while it's, and even now sometimes it's easy just to get caught up in, am I succeeding instead of, am I leading people to the Lord? Mm. Um, so that whole area kind of, um, opened new doors in my faith and, I learned to worship him in a new way. I feel like everybody worships differently. Everybody worships with a different posture. And um, my posture is up there mm-hmm. leading other people to Christ. And I never, 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 never would have thought that I would be saying that right now. I would, that my posture of worship is in front of other people. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that um, I've had Rachel as an example She's so confident in her faith, and um, just hearing her story is so inspiring. After being on the platform, I guess I've been there for over a year and a half now. Um, I never wanted to be shy or ashamed of my faith again. I wanted to tell everybody. I wanted to invite people to church, and um, now I have a calling to ministry, and I, I want people to be there to experience that with me and to see what God has done in my life because the before and after of where I was Mm. and where I am, I mean, I'm only 18 years old, but where I was and where I am now is such a harsh difference that I just want people to see that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Rachel really gave me the opportunity to invite other people. Mm. I think, I mean, we were saying before I was invited Yeah. and she she didn't invite me to church, but she invited me to lead. Yeah. It's something you have to be trained and invited to do. And she did. And now I, I mean, it brought my mom back to church. My beautiful baby sisters are in kids ministry at Cyprus. Um, now when they're there, because I mean, it started because they wanted to see me sing and now it's, they want to experience the Lord with me. And that's just Mm. so touching. I have a friend too, that I bring back every week. I mean, she comes to see me sing, and I say that because that's what she thinks she's doing, but God is bringing her yeah. to the altar every week, and mm. it's, I can't believe that Rachel has developed me to the point where I'm in the position to bring people to the feet of the Lord just because I'm in a leadership position. Mm. It's crazy. Preach. I love it. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so don't miss this. Rachel has become Olivia's mentor. They got to know each other on a personal level. And in doing so, Rachel was able to remind Olivia of who she is in Christ. She gave her confidence in herself and in God. Rachel taught her how to use the gifts that God gave her. And y'all, that's what a tribe is really all about. It's straightening each other's crowns as we remind one another that we are daughters of the one true king. It's 
linking arms and walking with hope in the midst of the valleys. Mm -hmm. It's celebrating on the mountaintops. It's taking off the mask and choosing to be vulnerable. Y'all, we all need a Rachel. (laughs) I have one. Olivia has one. Do you have one? (laughs) It's how God designed us. It really is the power of a tribe. It's having that pack, those people to do life with that you can count on. Olivia, I have hit you with a lot today, but I love your story. And I know that one of the things that you feel strongly about is how the Lord filled the empty hole of you losing your father at such a young a young age. Tell our listeners a little bit about that experience for you. Yeah, totally. Um, so when I did lose my dad, it kind of, when you're a little kid, not everything hits you right when it happens. Yeah. So I was definitely sad, but... Um, I didn't realize the gap that that was placing in my life until I was older and, um, everyone had something that I didn't. Mm. And that kind of left me not only seeking a male role model, but seeking anything to fill that hole in my life. And luckily I never got caught up in anything bad like I could have, but, um, it was painful for me personally. And I'm not somebody who seeks help often I don't like unless it was never to the point where I was needing immediate help so I just kind of suffered silently Mm. all throughout my teenage years wanting to fill that gap in my life um I was so angry with God because I thought that this was his fault Mm. um and I was angry with my dad for letting himself get sick and I mean I saw it as him leaving us again so I was also just, my mom had relationships after that, and I was seeking that male role model in her other relationships, and I was never being fulfilled the way that I wanted to, and I was confused and upset because I had other people in my life that had lost their dad or just their dad wasn't in the picture, and their mom was in a relationship, and they connected with him, and he adopted them, and you know, that wasn't happening for me, and I was very confused, and disturbed and spiritually just blank. Um, and as I dove into my faith and I, this is even a struggle for me now, but I'm grateful enough to know the solution to my problem, Yeah, which is God. Mm. And he, he can fill so many other holes. He filled so many holes in my life that I didn't even know I had. Um, but the biggest one being not having a father figure and that it doesn't, you don't just have to lose your dad. It can be in any sort of, maybe your dad isn't being the man he should be. God can fill that hole. If he's not present in your life, God can fill that hole. Mm. God can fill every hole. And I didn't know that until I started seeking the Lord. And he answered me. Mm. Quoting elevation. <laughs> <laughs> really quoting the Bible, but that's what just came to me. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so that... Once I started really diving into my faith and understanding that what happened to him and really everybody in my life, and this can go for anybody who's in a similar situation, what happened to them was not about me. It was about their story with the Lord and their journey, what was going on in their lives. I mean, he lived a whole 40-some years before he died and that is important to his story and it's not just about me and my journey. Mm. So once I was able to let go of that entitlement and realize that I feel content Mm. 
in my relationship with God, and I feel content in what he was doing in my dad's life, and I'm okay with where I am now. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so good. This girl, <laughs> literally, at age 18, has realized something that a lot of us adults are still trying to grasp onto. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. At the end of the day, God is the one that's sustaining us. I mean, that's what she's saying is God is in control. He is sovereign and loving, and he is a God that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There is nothing in this world that will comfort us the way that the Lord does. He can fill all of our holes. He is the ultimate father. You know, as the ripple effect continues, Olivia has friends, like she mentioned, in her life that she's identified as ones that she's reaching back for. It's friends she's bringing to church or people that she's walking with in her tribe. And that is the full circle of the ripple effect. It is making the choice to stay on the path and to lead others to Jesus. The cool thing about Olivia is that living her life in a way that glorifies God It just comes natural to her and her friends are drawn to that. It's contagious. When I think about how Olivia faithfully serves and how her obedience is having a ripple effect on the friends in her tribe, there is one verse that comes to mind. You are just going to die when I read this (laughs) verse because I've been praying for this verse and it's pretty much what you just said. It's found in Isaiah 6 verse 8 and it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Literally. Through all of her struggles and her seasons of walking in the valley, she continued to seek out God and to dig deeper in her faith. It doesn't mean that she didn't have seasons of doubting God, and it doesn't mean that she's perfect. If we're honest, we've all been there. Sometimes the level of despair and loss becomes so deep and painful that the only natural thing we can do is cry out to God and wonder if he's real. That's not a setback, y'all. That makes us human. Mm -hmm. I love Olivia's story because it has broken pieces, but in her healing, she gives the credit and the glory to God. It's his relentless pursuit in her life and her obedience to the Lord that has allowed God to lovingly put all of those broken pieces back together. Y'all, this is a story about having a tribe of friends who love the Lord and are willing to do the work. It's about being the friend within your tribe that looks back and pulls other friends along. It's a ripple effect where the continuing results of one person's love and obedience to the Lord is just what another person needs to walk lovingly into the arms of our Savior. Olivia, I am so proud of you for the woman that you are and for the way that you love and serve the Lord. I am just completely humbled by your story and so blessed to be doing life alongside you. You are going to be a Jesus rock star at OSU. Love you so much, girl. Thank you so much. All right, let's make heaven crowded. I'm praying for y'all, and I'll see you next week.